0: And here's what I want to ask you, what is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. On today's episode, I can't wait to talk to my friend Rebecca about picking up a paintbrush for the first time and then her stepping through all the stages to become a creative entrepreneur and running her business as a professional artist. It is such an inspiring and great story, and she shares so many great life lessons with us. So let's dig in. Hi, today on the show. I want to welcome Rebecca Flott. She's a creative entrepreneur, an artist, and author of Own Your Brush. Rebecca has also taught classes with Amazon for their handmade at Amazon series. Welcome, Rebecca.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Kristen. I'm so happy to be with you guys.
0: Absolutely. And Rebecca and I met a handful of years ago actually at a creative and a writing conference. So we loved getting to meet each other, and we're so excited to connect again today. Wow. So Rebecca, can you share with the listeners first a little bit about your journey and your backstory? Because it's super inspiring, and I just love everything that you are working on these days.
1: So uh, my journey as a creative entrepreneur and an artist and a podcaster, is just a starting with just desire to share. I have this tremendous desire to share what I have learned, the stories that are that have inspired me. So for everything that I do from the book from the podcast and everything that I do, it is comes from the place where I wanted to share with everyone the difference that made it in my life. What art did in my life. I have found through art and writing and telling stories a place of belonging, you know. feel like we feel connected. We feel like, okay, we belong together. And that has definitely (laughs) inspired me to do more and more and be more creative and share more. So I think that's it.
0: Yeah. I love that. Can we dig in a little bit To I know when you first started painting, uh, you know, it was something that you didn't have experience with. I don't think growing up, right? you painted in things. It wasn't until you were a teen or into your twenties. So can you just tell us about that journey from, you know, it being a new area, a new industry for you, a new desire, interest, and then stepping into it where it's your full-time profession. It's your full-time career.
1: (laughs) I know. It's interesting to think about it. I was not a good artist, if you can look at at the most formal way of seeing it. I always liked creative things. I, I always, even in the school, I still remember my art teacher saying, you're really good. But I ne- I was never exposed to a lot of art. And I think that's what comes to something that you're passionate about is that you have to be exposed to, here's an opportunity for you to do. And I think it was my early things that I was exposing to painting and I love it. And that's when I found like, okay, I want to do this more. And because I was so bad at it, I I was really, really, the paintings were ugly. I wanted to practice because I wanted to be good. Again, I wasn't, at that time, I wasn't even thinking about business or selling anything. I just saw the reaction of people getting my paintings. I saw what made it them. I saw people crying. I, I saw people doing their little, oh my gosh, you made this. You know, that was like, Really, it this really matters? I don't know it matters if I make you something, okay. so I have found purpose in making things and i and I realize, okay, if I make things at some point, it's gonna cause the mission of touching somebody's life and why, so it's like it's like you're flying in the air and you don't know where you're gonna land it. you don't know if it's gonna be a flower or if you're gonna be in a dry land, but you are enjoying the journey of flying. And that's the journey as an artist. It's like, hey, I love doing this, but if I can land it in a flower and really make somebody else's life better because of what I did, then that makes completely, that really changes everything. So for me, that made a huge impact to be able to make things that people like them.
0: Yeah. Two things you brought up I want to just point out. The first is, I think it's important for people to get this. You don't have to be someone that started a hobby or some a passion of yours when you were little. You don't have to be great at it just because the first time you pick up a paintbrush or a pencil or a you know computer to write, you're good at it. It takes work and practice and honing a craft. But if you have this you know little voice inside of you that says, hey, this seems like uh, something I'd like to explore, something I'd like to try, do it, you know, put the work in, because to your point, all of us wouldn't have great whatever it is, writing or art or baked goods from day one, I'm at least not normally, unless we practice the craft, unless we get better and we put the time in. And so I think that's important for people to understand that just because today, you don't think, oh, this looks like some amazing thing. It's because you haven't put any time into it yet. So if you have that little voice that says, "Hey, I going to try this," I I would encourage you. And from what Rebecca just said, in, try it. Keep working at it if it's something that interests you. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, oh,
1: yeah. Because the the keeping working aspect. It's not like picking up when you get the time to do it. Mm-hmm. The keeping working aspect is. I am desire. I really want to learn this. So I am going to get up early and going to bed late because I want to learn it. Mm-hmm. So it takes an extra <laughs> extra driving force for you to say I'm going to try so much until yeah. I I kind of like it you know, and try again and go back again and try again, you know? Right.
0: Yeah, it's commitment. It's having a passion enough that you say, I'm going to make a commitment to showing up every day, whether it's for 15 minutes or two hours, right? Correct. To keep doing yeah.
1: it. Yes. Yeah.
0: I think that's a good point. And then the, you also brought up, and I loved this, that making something with your hands, right? Or your mind, if you're a writer or author or something else, it has great impact in the world you know? And I think there's obviously been a big movement in the last 10 plus years of people making things with their, their hands. I mean, the crafting industry and everything, the art industry has exploded, right? Because people are realizing that we, many people have lost touch with using their hands to make something that they can be proud of and that they were creative with. So I love one that you have a bit, a full-time business or full-time income business around art and creativity. Mm -hmm. Uh I love that. To your point, you could see that your purpose is that you're bringing joy and happiness and this experience to people through the thing you make that they buy from you.
1: Right. And then the, fun, the funny way is that I used to just sell art when I go to markets. And this year I saw something, uh, an attribute. I was in an attribute and I saw people making candles. And I was like, oh my gosh, they are making candles in the market!" And I was like, that was, I didn't even think about it. I was like, if they're making candles, they can make paintings. So I'm going to just going to put some tables here and we're going to paint. And I, I said, what else is there for me to offer and serve people? And um, and I realized more and more that sitting in there and painting with people, you hear so many stories. And I do love stories. So it has Every time there's an opportunity that comes, you know, something, a creative opportunity, I never overthink or think too much about, it. I just try and see, let's see what happens. Let's see what how people respond. Let's see if it's going to work out or not. And sometimes there is like, oh my gosh, I don't ever want to do this again. You know, and there's those breakthroughs that says, oh, this was better than what I thought. And I think that's how we navigate to building and making things, saying, I can believe this. I can't believe that this has connected with people in that level. Or I I did not know about this. I have learned these things. And I think that there's such a key to not do it alone too. Because I think we, we start like, oh, I figured it out a few things. oh so, wow. So you never share with anybody the journey or the struggles. And that's what I have learned too is to If I feel very, very stuck, I always reach out for help. And I say, I I wrote that in the book. I said, that's one of the things you've got to reach out for help. And you say, I don't know how to do this. I'm tired of this. How do I make a product that is made with hands and sell online? How can I make enough products for a market? How do I earn enough money to pay my bills and pay for a helper? Like you started to learn those things. And one of the things is life has is, been giving me opportunities to meet people that helped me along the way. So not even one second at a time, everything happens because I'm just lucky or, you know, it's just she's so lucky. Not it's not quite like that. It is because of the people that I have surround myself that has cheering up for me and trying to lift lift me up because they see me working you know there's a quote that says let opportunity find you working and uh, I wanted the opportunities to find me working so I was always working and then from working you find uh, ways to do more things and to do new things and then that's how you started navigating and figuring out like how do i navigate this business how can i share my story of why i made this why do i how do i share my story why sunflowers touch me you know and i don't do art for everybody and i don't do everything you're not going to see me painting a lot of the things but you will see me painting what i want to say and why you know and i'm i'm okay with that i learned how to be comfortable with that and I learned like, okay, I might not be for everybody, but I will find my
0: people
1: and my people are going to find me.
0: Yeah. Well, to your point, actually, we can't, we're never going to be able to serve everyone. And if we try to most people, it won't, we won't resonate with them. Right. So to your point, we have to be true to ourselves and true to what lights us up. And we have to be true to what's on our hearts, right. To say, or to share about our story or what we're going to paint or do and put out into the world. So I think that's Mm -hmm. super important. And like you said, we do have to surround ourselves with people that are stepping into the world and sharing their story and doing things. And then we do have to ask for help or ask for how do I do this? And I think what you said about being open to trying things and learning, because if we keep, like you said, one, we have to show up and do the work, right? We have to work hard when we're working. It doesn't mean every minute we should work, but when we're working we have to keep showing up and be consistent. Right. And then I think we have to, like you said, we have to be open to trying things, even if it's uncomfortable. Because if we're open to it, like you said, we'll meet new people, we'll have new connections, we'll meet a new client or a new customer. But unless we try it and we experiment, we might miss the next great thing that's supposed to we're supposed to step into. So I think that's yeah. fantastic. That's yeah. Funny. So one thing I want to ask you is I know that last year in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of so many businesses and things kind of like that had to halt, you had a really great opportunity come about multiple times during the year with Amazon. Can you share a little bit about about that experience with us and how it was to teach classes with Amazon in their Handmade by Amazon uh, series?
1: My goodness, I'll say this. It was the pandemic. I was for two weeks. I froze. I said, "What are we going to do?" I froze. I had like this fear, like, "What are we going to do?" <laughs> you know, and uh, and I received an email from the director of marketing there. She said, "Hey, we want to do a, we want to do this program, and we wanted to see if you wanted to participate in and be a future maker and teach us." classes and we'll send you the equipment. And it's going to be so much fun. And I was like, I, I I always say yes. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I don't know how to do this, but yes. <laughs> so they, they sent me, they said, Hey, but we want you to create a product. They said, we want you to create, can you create a product? And we created a, like a paint kit, you know? And I, I said, sure i can create absolutely i can create <laughs> and they're like you have three days to tell to tell us what what are we doing and so i start creating i created some artwork for specific exclusivity handmade amazon sent it to them and and um and i'm telling you i don't know what happened that march it's almost like they, they turn on the light. I started getting orders even before the teacher. I got so much order. I literally I said I sent an email to them. I said, I don't know what you did. But I am crying because that changed my life. It just gave me hope in a time that we were so feeling hopeless. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that we were hopeless, but we were feeling hopeless. Right. And uh and we started selling so much orders. That was the time that we we're like, okay, we're selling from the Amazon. We can live anywhere. That was the time that we we're like, why are we here? Let's move to the sunshine and things like that. We start questioning every area about our lives at that time. So we work on the road. We start shipping all the paintings. And I I remember getting into the equipment. I they sent all the equipment, the videos, and everything. And I remember you know, being in a vacation home that I turned into make it look like a studio. And just, I remember like just the feeling like of being around, like you're going to be with this designer. You're going to meet this amazing person, this other entrepreneur, like, and they're giving kind of like the qualifications of the people. And I was like, but they chose me. Oh my gosh. You know, and then at the end, I remember I t- started to dance. It was like we were, we we're working with the cameras. There was so much things happened. And I started dancing, like, just to help with the level of stress, you know, yeah. that you were like, oh. So I started dancing. And I remember the camera man saying, you're the most genuine, fun person yeah. we've had here for the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, because what? Because I decided to just be Rebecca, you know? Yeah and they laugh about my answers, you know, my answers were funny for them, and uh, so after that opportunity of meeting, uh, it was amazing, I established a relationship with other makers, we became friends, and and then they contacted me again for a private event, and I had to teach another class, so it's like, it was from one class to another class, And and now I'm like, I know exactly how to create content for Amazon. I was like, I know exactly what they want from me. They yep. want me, Rebecca, as a teacher. You know, <laughs> they they want Rebecca, they want people to know our stories. Why do you do this? So we, um, I, I was able to to teach a night class for them for a private event. They called influencers night. And I had no idea who's there. And I'm like, all right, guys, you're doing a great job. Let's just do this. And at the end of the night, I remember like being like, I always feel super humble because I'm like, thank you so much for, for letting me do what I love is I was like, I can't believe you're giving me this chance in the presence of all these incredible people, which is for me, which is for me, uh, doing that, that with them, it's like, we are all people. You know, being uh, having five hundred million followers on Instagram and having three followers on Instagram, we all have the same craving for connections, okay. craving for a uh, good job of a teacher This says a great job. Yeah. You know, we all craving the same thing and, and I think that's um that's what connects us as humans. And I feel very connected in that way and I'm super grateful. That opportunity really um, changed everything for us at the year 2020.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And like you said, I love your perspective on it, which is, you know, one, you're right. Things, people, connections, opportunities do give us more hope. And they let us see that there's even bigger and better things that are waiting for us if we're willing to sort of even step into it scary. Or even when you didn't know I don't really know what I'm doing for them, you know, for this new thing, but I'm going to just, I'm going to do it kind of unsure and nervous because I know that I'll learn. And I know that I can ask the questions if I'm not certain and get the answers from them.
1: Yeah. And I, you have to go through,
0: that's right. You have to go through the not
1: so perfect class. Cause I only had one camera. So I put the canvas here and I was like, all right, this is what I'm painting. So I put the canvas like this and I was like, I'll teach you how to paint right here. Right. And And then my next event, I'm like, all right, everybody, I have two cameras, one in my head and one, you know, so I was able to have the experiences is everything. It tells you where not to go and where to go. And I think that what helps my, um, my ability to do, I'm not going to say a better job, but my ability to be able to feel more secure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So cool still, though. That's awesome. I'm so glad you got that opportunity because you are just the loveliest and sweetest and great teacher. So that's fantastic. So let me ask you, though, in, the, in your book, Own the Brush, you have so many great uh, examples and sort of your story, but then you also share lots of tidbit tidbits that people can really apply to their lives. And so I want to talk about that for a minute. I think, one, we've sort of touched on this, but you have a chapter called house of fear. And I want to talk about how do we walk through being afraid of trying something to the place of possibilities. So do you have any thoughts on that?
1: It's so funny. Cause I remember when I thought about that chapter, every chapter was like a revelation for me. And I remember like, I do not want to leave in the house. of. I remember thinking that I do not want to leave in the house of fear. I want to <laughs> open the doors and say, Get, I this is not my place. I want to get out of this house and I want to go to the houses of possibilities. Because if I can think that what things can be possible, it would be better for my heart than to think about the things that I'm afraid of. Right. You know, so when I say house, the reason why I wanted to say house is because house is where we dwell, is where we rest, is where we cry. The place where we cry is the place where we can sleep. And I want to just say, don't dwell in that house. Don't stay in that place of fear. Find a home that you see possibilities everywhere. You know, when you speak to entrepreneurs that they are successful, they see opportunities everywhere. They're like, oh my gosh, I can make money like this. I can make money like that. They see so many opportunities. But when you, when you stay in a house of fear, that becomes like a torment mm-hmm. because it's like, it squish your heart, squish your heart to the point that when you get up, you feel like, I don't know what to do because I'm just so lost, yeah. you know? And I feel like when I wanted to say that message in that book it was for creating entrepreneurs to say, don't dwell there, just to move out, just to right. say, I'm getting out of here. This is not a good place for my heart. This is not a good place for my mind.
0: Yeah, I think it's actually, I think that's a great visual. I can just envision this little building and I'm in it. And if you imagine all the words of worry and fear kind of filling it up, to me, I think that kind of sounds horrifying compared to normally just think about, oh, I have some worry in my mind. So I love thinking about that visual of that small little room or building I'm in. And then thinking about what would it look like if I started removing those fears and those worries out of that space, like you said, clear the clutter of all that stuff so that I could start filling the room with all the dreams and hopes and goals and vision I could have for my life, you know, and replacing it with that. So I love that visual. That's really great.
1: Oh, thank you. you.
0: So let me ask you, I think a lot of people struggle with two things. One is they think something has to be perfect before they put it out into the world or before they try something. So I want to talk about how do we, how do we try things messy or imperfectly? That's the first thing. And then the second thing is a lot of people I find as we move into adulthood, we struggle with thinking that we can't be creative and we don't use our imaginations. We've sort of pushed those things down and we don't We've forgotten how to use them, right? To benefit mm-hmm. ourselves and our businesses.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'll talk
0: about how what do you have any recommendation recommendations for how do we step into being imperfect when we try something new and being messy? And then how do we increase creativity and in, and using our imagination?
1: All right. So about being uh perfect. About being perfect, it's unreachable, guys, because there is always going to be something that you don't think is perfect enough. Right, and I'll say this: it's better done. Kathy Heller talks a lot about that. Mm-hmm. It's better done than, than perfect. And I'll say, I have learned that throughout the years, it's better to have something done than being perfect. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't want it to be just like, oh, just do last minute and do a bad job. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But what I'm saying is, you're gonna have to at some point to let it go to every detail. If you look at the life bothers. I had never seen somebody that has a Netflix show that always had that production behind them from the very first time. So you look at the producers, you they have a first movie that was not so great, a second movie that was great, and then they get to greatness. So everyone has a process to get better. And if you don't start messing and do, you will never get to that place of, greatness and better because at some point you're going to have to start because only through the making in the process of releasing exactly. it that you're going to find out and say this is how i do great right
0: yep. so that
1: will be the part of the how to dwell with the fear uh, and the fear, no the the perfectionist like i gotta be perfect i gotta be perfect And the second thing that you had to mention, what was it? The second thing that you
0: said, how do people use more creativity and their imagination in their lives? Because I think if you're not a creative entrepreneur, you're not in a creative business line or you're not an artist. Right. A lot of us have kind of squelched those pieces of ourselves. Well,
1: Maya Angelou has a beautiful quote that she says, creativity more that you use more that you have, you know, and I'll say, that's it. More that you use, more that you're going to have. You have to use it. You start making one thing. From this one thing, you create more and more. And you're going to see that stirring up more creativity, more things for you to do. You have to also place yourself in locations and things that will bring creativity to you. So whatever you find that inspires you to creativity, for me, I love Um, hearing stories because it inspires me creativity so I I ask questions I want to hear it because it does inspire me for me I love sitting in nature and observing the nature because it's inspiring my creativity for me uh, I will literally intentionally schedule to go to places that usually people will not fully go like a sunflower field or you know, checking out some beautiful nature things just to be able to allow myself to get inspired, to get out of this screen walls life that, that everybody's saying that you must have, you know, and then just say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to just do me. I'm I'm going to find the things that I love. I'm going to pursue them and I'm going to hear what they have to say. And sometimes nature speaks without words. Sometimes there will not be one word and you will hear what nature is teaching you. So,
0: yeah. I, I'm the same. I have to get out of nature, you know, mostly every day. And I feel called to take little adventures and go to new places. And for me, those things fill me up. And like you said, they inspire me and they get me excited. And I feel more recharged when I do those things. And I you know, I tell people that all the time, you've got to make time for things that you're interested in and in you're you're passionate about and the things that you love. Your spouse or your best friend might not love them, but find someone else that will go and you know, go on the little day trip with you or go to the sunflower field because I think we we undervalue the things that really interest us and that we feel moved by aren't minor they're actually major things in our life that if we gave it more time and more space we'd be shocked at the changes we'd have happen I think okay that's so cool you know so what about this when children are little every one of them right in preschool mm-hmm. and kindergarten say if, if you ask them right they've done the studies mm-hmm. uh, you know how many of you are an artist everyone raises their hands yes. but as we get older especially kids that are in traditional public school or school mm-hmm. settings, my kids have been in as they get older each year less and less kids raise their hand because they've now just from society culturally from the classroom they somehow have heard the message whether it's they or not they've heard the message like oh well I'm not creative or I didn't get rewarded or I didn't get accolades for my creative side I got accolades for getting the memorizing the math problems but I think a lot of people think oh I'm not an artist I'm not creative Do you have any thoughts on how people try to reconnect with their artistic side or just thoughts on that in general? Because I think everyone was born creative.
1: It's so funny. There's a quote that
0: says, I think it's uh, Pablo
1: Picasso, that
0: he says,
1: every child is an artist. The problem is to remain an artist as we grow older, you know? So, you are right about that. The kids do say, I am an artist. I always ask when I go to shows, like, how long do you have been an artist? They say, five years. And they're five. You know, they yeah. like five years I've been an <laughs> I artist. love it. Right. You know, And I love that. And how can we remain believed that we can be artists and can create? How can we? And I think mm-hmm. it all comes into beliefs and comparison. And I had, I was in the boat with a, one of my friends. I was in a trip with one of my friends. She said she said, "You know, Rebecca, comparison steals your joy." Right. If you look at how straight of a line that 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 girl can make and you're not quite that well, that good, that's going to steal your joy. And I'll say in art is the same way. I right. don't say I'm the greatest art, artist. I don't see that but i i just do my my thing and i like it you know and and this is what i feel like when you compare to others it steals the that like oh my gosh i'm not that so then you say you know what i am not that i'm not that but if you just understand that what you have is yours right it's not to be stolen by others it's not to be owned by others it's just yours so You release it. You know, if I can just tell everybody like, hey, if I can just say one word to make your heart feel good as an artist, release it. Let it go. Put it out there. Don't overthink. Don't think too much. Don't say, oh, it's not quite perfect. You know, I see a lot of people, they create something and then they already started saying ahead of time, I said, I'm so sorry, it's not perfect. They started like that. And you know what? You don't have to apologize for that. You did it. You know, you did it. And I think that the comparison steals the joy of creating in that way. But I think as a kid, everything is just beautiful because you did. And you're not looking what your friend is doing. When your friend does something great, you say, awesome.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. And I think that's, well, first of all, by the way, I can't draw a straight line or put a stamp on straight. So just to be honest there, but that doesn't mean that I don't think I'm creative, right? I'm very creative, but it doesn't mean I make the same type of creations as the next person. Right. And that's okay. And I don't, I just know I wasn't meant to do the straightest line. I'm meant to do then, something else. Right.
1: And we right. all need each other in our
0: medias. We need yeah. it. That's right. But the other thing, what what you're talking about is it absolutely comparison steals our joy. And what I think people forget is that whatever we're doing that's creative or artistic, it's about being an experimental process. Right. So even if it becomes your professional, your career, your industry, it still has to we have to step into it with, you know, how are we going to serve people like any industry? You know, how am I going to bring joy to them? But it's and what do they want? if you're going to sell something. But the third yeah. thing is, is, it has, it has to be a practice of experimentation because yeah. even if you hone it in and you always do like landscapes and not yours, but just other people, that's okay. But I would hope you're always trying to push yourself and try. And like you said, if we think of it as a practice in experimenting, right, it doesn't ever have to be perfect because we're always working towards trying something else.
1: Right. You know, right.
0: For somebody that's considering stepping into something new, I know one thing we have to have is we have to have perseverance and we have to have, you know, we talk, we were talking about this at the very beginning, you know, we have to have a passion, but do you have any advice or encouragement for people, you know, about, we, we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait till we're in a new season. We don't have to wait until our kids are older or, you know, we might have a full-time job, but any thoughts there for people? Like, why should they step into something now and stop saying, "Oh, now's the not not the right time." I feel like now is always the right time to try something new or add something.
1: I think well, I think that making decisions early in life changes everything because it gives you time ahead. <laughs> you know, so your young self, let's say this: if you want to start something, your young self ten years from now is going to say. Honey, thank you, because we needed that time to build it up and learn. You, you've got to have a little bit of vision, too, even even, even if you fell, okay? Even if you did not do that great and you did not sold, okay? Your younger self is going to look back and say, I have learned. Now I know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. I have learned. I have learned, and I have learned. And I wanna do it this way again. So I think that as fast as you can start, it's as as more high of success you can have because you will know what to do, when to do, and how to do. Because experience is gonna help you navigate those things.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And then another thing that I noticed from people is we don't acknowledge the things that we personally maybe are drawn to, I think we, we, we don't give them enough credit because for instance, I'm super into Christian encouragement books and different things like that. I mean, of course I love photography and things like that, but I, you know, so I do take the time to go take photographs of places I haven't been because I love doing it, but I also know, wait, not everybody likes taking photographs of places. Not everyone likes Christian encouragement books. Hmm, Those are signals, Kristen, for things that you should be spending time on whether they become my professional thing Mm -hmm. or whether they're just parts of who I am because they make me more fulfilled and more joyful. But do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I think a lot of people sort of push those things to the side because we're busy with, you know, maybe raising families or maybe we're still in a full-time career.
1: And I think that if you people probably already heard that, but I'm just going to repeat what I have heard before is there's things that Kristen is going to tell us that only you can tell us. And I want to hear it from you. I don't want to hear it from anybody else. I don't care if they're, uh, you know, New York bestseller authors. I want to hear from you because I connect with you. So there is a stories, there is life that you lead that you can't, you can buy that in the other books because that's not their stories. So I'll say, I'll say this, if it's Christian encouragement, I need that. No, but I don't want to to sound the same. I, I wanted something that you have to give us. And the gift that is inside of you was never supposed to be just for you. You know, the gift that is inside of you giving by God is, is supposed to share. Like that's why we call it gift. Because you're giving away. You're sharing it with other people that need it. And I think that's that's really what it's about. It's about at the end of the the end of your life, you look around and you say, How much did I share? What did I just kept for me and my family? My family knew exactly how great I was, but I shared, you know. And sometimes you will never hear the stories of the people that have received from you. you will not know, but that's okay because your legacy your work is to just share and and what's gonna happen with what you created and why that belongs to God that belongs to to he you know to the future, and you just have to navigate life of the future with fear. Without a fear, without fear of the future, you have to laugh, you have right yeah, absolutely, and uh, so I think that's I think that's what I have to say about that, and I say, you Kristen, you beautiful blue shirts that I love you, beautiful <laughs> you, and I think that everything that you have to share, we're ready for it, we've been waiting for it, and uh we want to hear it
0: Amen, yeah, absolutely, Rebecca. So oh, what a great conversation we've been having today. Can you tell us how can people reach out and connect with you online and find out about all your good, you know, your paintings and your experiences and your book and everything?
1: You can connect with me and my website is Rebecca Paul Arts. I'm also on Instagram, Rebecca Paul Arts, And Facebook, um, I'm pretty much out there. And watch out. I have a page on my on my website that says where I'm going next. I'm a lot at, at the south now, at this, like, you know, the south of the country. But um, just connect with me, send me a message. I would love to hear if you are creating something, send me a picture. Sometimes we need a cheerleader, we need somebody to say, This is great. And I would love to see what is amazing things that you're creating, amazing things you're writing. If you don't have a circle of cheerleaders, I would love to be that cheerleader for you.
0: Oh, I love it. And I agree with you. We can all use more cheerleaders and people encouraging us and and you know keep us going. So thank you for that. Thank you for being an amazing cheerleader and mm-hmm. voice in the world and just such a positive force. Uh, so thanks for ha- being with us today. I appreciate it. And I look forward to connecting with you many more times this year.
1: Yes. And I love it. I'm so glad. we connected so much when I went to when we were in Tennessee. We're connected. We had fun and I was like, I wanna see her again. And I'm so glad that you're stepping into your calling. You're building a life that you love. You're sharing what you have the best for others. I always remember you as an encourager and um and I remember always keeping your card that says I need I need to have an encourager. So I'm I'm grateful for you. Thank you for the opportunity that you have been giving me. What an
0: honor! What a pleasure! Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. Awesome stuff. Thanks. Oh, what a great conversation I had with Rebecca today. I hope you had some takeaways that will help you step into your best future and possibilities. And I just want to share a paragraph or two from Rebecca's book, Own Your Brush with you to wrap it up. She says, I remember when I started my podcast, I didn't even want to tell my friends I had a podcast because I wasn't in the place that I wanted to be. I was tentative to move forward and allow myself to be seen imperfectly. I had to get over that. I'm inviting you to do the same. Brene Brown says this, and it's so true. Where perfectionism exists, shame is always lurking when we avoid moving forward in boldness, when we avoid opening the business or starting the podcast, it's because there's an underlying fear of shame. We need to strangle that out. Don't give it any air to breathe. Go forward. This is your time. Give yourself permission to do your best and show off what you created. Don't drop the mic, drop the brush and say, it's not good enough. Give yourself grace and do it again and again and again. I've seen artists give up on their dreams because they aren't good enough. But I've also seen artists who didn't feel good enough pushed through, and became successful. We get to choose our steps forward. Have the courage to just show up. Allow your art to be seen. Regardless of what anyone else has ever said to you, you have to speak for yourself. Let it go. Let it be. There are paintings you need to release. There are songs you need to sing. There are people you need to encourage. And you have the voice to do it. Everyone is so deeply different. There is space for everyone. There is space for you. Again, with Brene Brown's encouragement, Vulnerability is our greatest measure of courage. Courage is the birthplace for creativity and joy. Many people look to be qualified as something specific. They want to have a label of artist, poet, songwriter, blogger. But maybe you don't need a job title. Just because there's not a title doesn't mean there's not an opportunity there. So I would say to you... Get going, step out of your comfort zone, and just begin. I think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms. And we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things. And if you're ready to go after your dreams and define life on your terms, head on over to kristenfitch.com and download the free No Limits Workbook to help you look at different ideas in front of you and how you might create, scale, and monetize those ideas. So you can start going after your dreams today. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in until next time. Have a great week.